Yo, this is the ancient Texan. I heard Elon Musk in an interview that was done recently. They got him talking about a lot of social issues. Um, and I guess I'm not surprised the uh, minds think alike. <laughs> but uh, there was a lot of the way he thought that uh, I'd been saying. Proud of podcasters have been hearing. I just... He was talking about how serious the problem is with declining world population and how it's going to affect the world. He first mentioned that people have a mindset that there's too many people, the planet's getting overrun. Despite the world that, like, half the countries in the world are now in serious population decline. China being the most notable. The U.S. is kind of on the break-even without the Hispanic uh, population and without people coming in across our borders. Immigrants, I think they call them. We would be in decline. There's still places like Mexico uh, that's exploding. Um, India's still rising pretty fast. But China, now the biggest, and very soon, if not already, the second biggest uh, country with regard to population, um, is in a free fall. And it's already affecting their ability to be the world manufacturer. And they're changing, you know, to this, um, you know, link the world together with trade and they're working real hard on robotics. And so is uh, Elon Musk. I got to thinking about my own life and family. I've got um, five children my two stepchildren. They're between the ages of 32 and I have to do the math, which I'm not sure I want to spend my mind doing 78 to now is anyway, 40-ish. Anyway, low 40s. Surprised I can't do math and talk at the same time. I didn't want to have the dead space in the in the broadcast. Anyway, 43. Um, my youngest, 32 years old, has just had a baby. I was sitting with the baby last night so she could get couple hours of sleep. Uh, she's struggling. I mean, it's new mom trying to breastfeed. Her milk isn't in yet. Um, she's trying not to go to the bottle. She has these things she puts over her nipples that help her. Uh, she puts formula in so the baby will stay tuned, you know, stay uh, 
recommended for breastfeeding. She's a light sleeper, so she like died in the hospital and she had a rough delivery. Um, and she pretty much said she didn't get any sleep the three or four days she was there. And that's the same way I am, so I believe that. But I didn't I would not be surprised if none of the rest of my children had any had any kids. My brother, uh, he's more of the labor class, the carpenter type. I'm the, I kind of represent the, you know, college, advanced degree engineer type. Uh, he's got uh, quite a few ex-wives and quite a few children. He's already got, you know, at least two grandchildren that I know of that uh, I follow on Facebook. Um, so I I suspect um, our brother's going to have quite a few um, grandchildren. My wife, uh, younger sister, um, worked as I understand it, kind of as an accountant and has been happily retired and something like 18 grandchildren or some incredible thing like that. They're still, you know, they're in the church and they've got a community and they have a bunch of grandkids uh, and kind of in the, you know, in the old-fashioned church. Um, we're in the UUFN, which is, you know, a church where they even let, you know, atheists into and trying to do better and be better, um, but it certainly doesn't fit the traditional inner role of church in this country. So there's some common ground that the more educated, which is actually the world trend, the more educated you are, the more rights women have, the less children they have. And one wouldn't think that's a problem. Um, but economically, it's, it's going to turn out to be very serious. A shrinking population kind of breaks the mold of growing and progressing and expanding. When all of a sudden you're shrinking, an example of that, someone that's been kind of in a recession for 30 years is Japan. Uh, they were rich when they got old. China's going to be the first country that's still basically poor, even though their, you know, total economy is now approaching the size of the U.S. Their per capita economy is still much, much weaker, and they still have a pretty big segment of, of really poor people. So they're the first poor nation that's going to uh, go into population decline. And they're aware of the consequences of that. We don't have a model for how to run an economy when it's shrinking and there's not new opportunities. And the new opportunities in our growing economy kind of, because the whole economy is growing, it's easier to start something up and take a piece of that growing pie. 
when it's shrinking, uh, it's much different dynamics because everybody's holding on to what they have as they see everything eroding. And the idea of starting something new in that kind of environment um, just doesn't fly. It just doesn't fly with investors. Uh, why bring on something new when what you've got is not being utilized and the market's shrinking and your budgets are tight and you're having to get rid of people? Uh, it's just, I've, I've been around the investment community enough and I've watched a lot of projects getting funded. When, you know, the tides rise and it raises all ships and it's easier to get money uh, for something new and exciting. When we're in a recession, getting money is so hard, it's unbelievable. So imagine the economy going into that kind of condition kind of on a permanent basis. Now, an economy like China, uh, essentially a few people dictate what they're going to invest in. Um, but they're already showing signs that that doesn't work so good. I mean, they've made millions of apartments, except they made more than they needed. But what they particularly did wrong is they made apartments with the assumption that their poorest you know, 10 to 20% would be sucked into the job market, have good jobs, and be able to afford those apartments. Well, first the apartments were built real shabby because they were just like mass quantity. Um, the whole economy didn't have many places to put their money, so people sunk their life savings into having second and third homes. Uh, the rich speculated cities get their income by leasing out land that the apartments are put on so their whole like 30 percent of their economy is is based on the, the real estate sector so in this kind of economy uh, when all of a sudden Evergrande we've talked about before their second biggest real estate company is cratering um, putting a lot of construction people out of work, then that puts the demand for copper and steel and concrete uh, lowers all that demand. And then the problems were happening with trade, the demand's lowered and their population shrinking. They, they've got a lot of things to sort through. But put that shrinking population on more and more parts of the world with economy shrinking like Japan. Um, it's not an area we know how to navigate. Circle back around. Circle back around to me having one grandchild and my other four children probably not having. And I think that kind of is not, it's not a rare situation in the U.S. anymore. Uh, we 
we still have a lot of poor people, the bottom 20%. Um, are poor in this country and struggle. Surprisingly, those are the ones that actually are having the kids. So, I don't quite fit that together. The educated are having less children. The poor are having more children. Our country is kind of, therefore, kind of automatically moving toward more poor people, less educated people, unless the people that are at the top make a dedicated commitment to changing that. And I don't see, because the people at the bottom have no voice and no say, uh, and the people at the top are independent, isolated Americans with all the voice on how the economy goes. The people at the bottom having the children are poor and they have no voice in the economy. And they increasingly don't have good education, good opportunities to working. Is that segment of work is also disappearing and robots will make it worse is going to move more toward the educated, which are shrinking more, you know, relative to the rest of the population, because just the numbers of educated are shrinking because they're not having children. So, I can't see how that's going to come out well. Perhaps that eludes me, but that's... Uh, there's a little segment you can find YouTube just look for Elon Musk and she's being interviewed by a woman. That's one of the concerns Elon had. And Elon considers himself a robot company, an AI company. And he said what they're doing is, you know, their AI with regard to navigation uh, is a specific application of AI, but that he and his company is becoming very good at AI and applying it to something else is not as big a jump as becoming good at AI. They're also busy making robots uh, that can do more and more things. So those two have not quite merged the AI that uh, there is no AI general intelligence yet. But the mechanics of, you know, having a robot stand up and jump around and walk and, you know, mechanical dexterity, that's just going through the roof. Uh, An AI to extract information out of, you know, what looks like a bunch of information that, data that seems kind of all over the place and not specific. AI is getting really good at pulling out the information. They're not quite here, there yet on making decisions of a general nature, although they're very good at making decisions on what's the data telling us. So those trends don't strike me as uh, 
all those trends coming together don't strike me in a real positive way. And I also have a personal, I think it would be cool to have more grandkids. I'm actually more excited than I was my own kids. And, you know, made a bunch of mistakes with my children, put the time and energy in. Maybe I can make up for a little bit with my uh, child. And I'd also like to see some of my values, my best values obviously, my best characteristics carried forward in my children. My children are, uh, for the most part, uh, well-educated, smart, hard-working, uh, good people. And each of them have some individual characteristics that are really pretty wonderful and have, in many cases gone far beyond where I am. And they carry some of my uh, problem areas too. I'm extremely independent. I haven't made connections all that well in my life nor nurtured relationships. It's kind of a foreign, lost art. My kids with the exception of the two older girls are not that good at, at having a network of support and connection with other people. good on having good one-on-one -on -one relationship with another partner. So, you know, um, I see some of my shortcomings there. My brother, on the other hand, uh, he's hard-working, never planned more than three days ahead in his life that I'm aware of. He lives for the now. most of the money he has. He didn't finish his education. He's a carpenter and really knows how to do, you know, all the mechanical stuff and do it well. And he's got a lot of skill set. Um, the world has not been kind to him with regard to um, lifestyle because our economy is not good to people that have that those life skills, even though we really need them. If we were trying to get a handyman, how hard that is to find a good one. Um, and are we willing to pay them? Not so much. So, I can kind of see the U.S. dynamics unfolding in my own family. My children and they pretty much kind of on average fit what I'm reading about where the world is going population shrinking you know having one grandkid out of five adults so you know with their partners that's ten adults um, 
that is not anywhere close to replacement uh, you need to have 2.2 children per couple so 2.2 with five couples be 10 12 kids we're getting one that's we're obviously helping the world shrink the odals here are doing their part on shrinking the, the economy and the general collapse of economies and some people say of civilization and of countries and I think um, I live another 10 years I'm going to see a lot of that played out and it's not something that we're talking about but places like Italy where their population they got one kid per two or something. I mean, it's falling off the cliff. The Italian culture, Italian people, can kind of disappear off the planet in about two generations, 50 to 60 years. Um, they can almost disappear. And they will become what a lot of people that hate immigration think of, their country will become whatever their immigrants are. And that's happening in a lot of places in the more developed and educated economies around the world, especially Europe, and some places where they're China because the, the one-child policy jumped ahead in that line. So we get to see how still relatively poor economy goes with it. But we're seeing a major, major shift because of, of people not having children uh, is going to seriously alter uh, world economies, cultures, uh, and who's in charge of the world. This idea that we're going to all be a liberated democracy um, in the future, we're all going to, you know, lovey-dovey and take care of each other. You know, the 1960 dream um, is going to be severely challenged by a declining population. Our values of the educated people that are disappearing will not necessarily be carried into the future. The poor people that are expanding in growth, um, it's more likely their culture will move forward. Maybe that's, you know, just total bullshit, but I think there's enough truth in that that we should think about it. Um, notice I'm not doing this around race because I really don't think that's the issue. I do think education is an issue. Um, I had a Jehovah Witness woman come to the door and talk to me and because I was polite uh, she had a man do a follow-up call, call um, 
because it wouldn't be proper for a woman to be calling a man. It was really weird. My wife wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have cared, uh, and I thought she was more interesting to talk to, tell the truth. But, uh, that's one of the segments that's still going, uh, population-wise, it's still growing as the, the religious evangelistic, evangelistic, whatever, however you say that, that's uh, against abortion. Um, they still have a lot of kids. Their church membership is falling way off. That culture is still expanding. And when I listen to how rigid about Christianity and how he had the one true way. I actually agree. Call me back a second time. We probably talked three or four hours total over a few weeks. I finally agreed I would continue the conversation with him and we could have equal times if he would study Buddhism with me, I would talk to him about Christianity and his religion and his beliefs. If he would listen to me about Buddhism, and I said, I, I, I know some about Buddhism and I like it and it's an attractive, it's not really a, you know, a religion that believes in a deity. It, it believes in humanity and our mutual connectedness and our mutual suffering <laughs> it's a hell of a thing to believe in um, but I said I'd like to know more about Buddhism and their teachings and beliefs and vocabulary and I'd be love to have a partner so I'll make a deal with you that if you'll study Buddhism with me, I'll study Christianity with you. And of course, that was completely unacceptable. He wasn't going to waste his time studying Buddhism. Which, he had the answers. I don't have any answers. Um, but it wasn't a deal he would engage in to learn something new. And I think maybe that's not typical, but I would think that in that religious Christianity group, they pretty much believe they have the answers. Uh, and during that whole time, he kept talking to me about, I guess, your college education doesn't let you understand this. And he was convinced that my mind had kind of been destroyed by 
I don't know if he knows I have advanced degrees, but it doesn't really matter. He believes probably my mind was destroyed, you know, the first year in college. And there is some truth to the fact that, you know, a few years into college, I realized that uh, my dogmatic insistence on knowing the answers was not compatible with education. Education teaches you anything. It teaches you that you don't know squat. There's a lot more to learn about everything. And that we're just of this, each of us is just this one little speck in the universe that are absorbing, you know, a small part of the information around us. And now as information and data is blowing up uh, it's even more so every minute that ticks by I mean YouTube is incredible you can pick any subject almost look for videos and understand a lot more than you went in at least I can Um, I've been listening to the news from India. I listened to an Indian newscast. It's obviously a little bit targeted, an Indian newscast that's a little bit targeted at the U.S. We on W-I-O-N. I'm probably not saying that right. But their view of China is, wow, I thought I had a negative view. The new from India is, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Their view of China is very scary. If they're half right, well, it should scare the hell out of us. There's a lot of issues. That's a whole nother set of podcasts. There's a whole lot of things that they see differently in India than we see in America. Is is that surprising? But they will soon be the most populous country slash democracy on the planet. Yeah, they got a lot of problems. Some of it still with religion and bureaucracy, red tape, they're very messy, democracy, they got a lot going for them in the future, and they're one of the places where their population is still expanding, kind of bring it back in a circle to my grandchild, so this been doing less podcasts lately because I've been learning a lot about the view of the world from India and it's kind of really left me uh, confused. Um, It's challenging a lot of the things I think very hard time listening to MSNBC and I haven't been able to listen to Fox for like three or four hundred years. I listen to CNN and 
PBS, but even that I'm losing focus because I realized that our perspective coming out of the States is so narrow, so much out of line with what's happening in the rest of the world that we're, you know, we represent 5% of the whole. Um, we're the most independent, unconnected people on the planet, I'm convinced. We are great at individualism, horrible at cooperation, and yet the world is facing problem right now with global warming. There's actually a lot of problems we're facing together at the moment. Global warming is just kind of this basket of stuff we're putting in the pot. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on with nuclear weapons and weapon systems and military buildup, and border conflicts, um, all sorts of stuff going on that doesn't make it to American news. We're over here at our little restricted viewpoint with a soon-to-be-declining population with our individualistic, independent attitudes when the world needs leadership that thinks across borders, that realizes all our problems are interconnected like if you keep breeding virus in South Africa, it doesn't matter if we're 100% vaccinated, some new virus will evolve that will escape our current vaccines. Because it's just, it's kind of the arms race between the vaccine and the virus. And it's an all in. We don't, yeah, we give lip service to we are to help the world we've delivered a lot of vaccines. We haven't really done much to see that those vaccines actually get into people's arms because they go to waste over there in, in Africa. A lot of them do. So we're in this new world where we need to be thinking about humanity trying to bring everyone into a collective humanity to solve collective problems and to learn how to be humans together and we're still on a mindset of we're the greatest and throwing our weight around as much as possible. Now I think Biden's doing a better job than our Trump did, but although Trump did point out a lot of problems that we've got with China and other countries, NATO, um, not that he knew how the hell to fix them, but he certainly pointed out the problems, I'll give him that. So we're in this big cultural world change. As the United States becomes at least as isolated, maybe more isolated, 
not only in our kind of being isolated and not engaged in the rest of the world, but also as our rich and educated actually kind of drop out of raising families, building communities. and being part of, you know, our local tribes and eventually the big tribe of all humans. I don't quite see how this all works out. Maybe I'm asking two big questions here. And I'm gonna have a hell of a hard time naming this podcast and <laughs> I can't imagine many people listening through this rambling. Although it's helping me, I'm not sure it's gonna help anybody else. But maybe my grandson, when he grows up, they will say, what was grandpa like? Well, here's this podcast where he kind of talks about you. He kind of talks about the whole world and all of humanity. And somehow he thought you Being his grandson and all of humanity were somehow connected. But he sure wasn't very good at expressing it. This is the ancient Texan rambling about my grandchild and the world. Hope you have a good one. Namaste. Yo, this is the Ancient Texan signing off. An earthling that believes we are all part of a world wide web. We are all part of us. There are no thems. Namaste.